Okay, we're going to have our talky part. This might be the point where you want to do the craft or maybe you've done it already. Um, but we thought we'd try something out, which is that um, Sam and Kath and I, we meet a couple of times a week and we always just have really interesting conversations because they're two brilliant people and great uh, thinkers and um, we thought well let's just try recording one of our chats about uh, the resurrection and what it means to us and so that's our talk today so grab a cup of tea relax watch and let's see uh, see how this feels okay well um, we haven't rehearsed this, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> um, these guys are worried about small children running in the room and making some kind of viral hit. Um, my children come nowhere near me, so that's not, that's, I'm not going to be impacted <laughs> that way. Um, but we thought it would be fun to try this, this out, really, because um, the, to let you into a little kind of secret and a personal joy of mine, I get to meet with Kath and Sam uh, regularly as we talk about church life and it, uh, probably about 75% of our conversations to each other when we, when we get together are theological and profound and about another 20% are um, work-related and about 5% are just trivial and daft. But we do get to chew some stuff over together and it's a really fun thing to do. So I thought that's what we'd do today on this Easter Sunday, uh, have a conversation with each other and um, tease out from each other what this day means to us. So um, I don't know who wants to go first, but we don't know, we haven't cross-referenced with each other, who knows what we're going to talk about, but we have given ourselves a couple of questions. And the, the first question is, what within the Easter Sunday account uh, excites you, connects with you, uh, speaks to you, um, particularly kind of right now? So um, Sam, why don't you kick us off? What is it that you've read? within this story that uh, is connected with you and why? So I feel like this hasn't really changed much for the past couple of years, actually. Um, and I think, I feel like when I was growing up, the way people used to talk about Easter Sunday was often like it was an apologetics thing. So it was like, how can we prove that the resurrection is a reasonable thing that actually happened and so people talked a lot about you know well if the, the romans wouldn't have hidden the body and the jewish leaders wouldn't have hidden the body and the disciples died for it so you know there's all these ways of kind of proving that it's um real and i think i've just been aware that over the last couple of years it's not that i don't buy that but just that it it feels like i've got less and less resonance with that way of thinking about the story and more and more resonance with particularly for me the story of mary going to the garden and meeting jesus as the gardener um sorry if that was either of your bits maybe it was <laughs> i'll think of something <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so you got quickly go and make some notes um but just the 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 personal sense of grief and loss for mary and her confusion as she feels like ah oh, the the one i loved is dead the one that i lived for is gone and then you feel her joy and you feel her elation as this like, oh, the hope's alive. This is the, in whatever way this, this story is carrying on, like it's not finished. And I think for me, that encompasses something of, of what the story does to me at the moment is, is it's not so much about proving if it did or didn't happen as when I read that story, I feel like 
I'm meeting uh, a risen Jesus. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I'm meeting a, a, a king who's alive. That's kind of where it hits me. Yeah, so just a, a completely different perspective or you know the viewpoint of the story I guess that you're reflecting there aren't you that stepping into that and it being real for you now what about you Kath what was the bit that struck you um I I feel very similarly to Sam I feel like all through my life I've been battling with people who've gone here's the evidence and the the kind of the reams of of how historically accurate it is and that's just kind of left me a bit cold whereas when I read the stories and it's all those tender moments like the one Sam described and also the um, the road to Emmaus where the two disciples are walking along with Jesus and they, you get that sense of Jesus is quite random with them he's quite like surely you know who I am but he's also really tender with them and he and they kind of beg him to stay with them and you just sense that kind of oh my friend was dead and now he's alive and that means the world to me and they just yeah that sense of them saying oh stay with me Jesus and I, I think I read that fairly recently on a retreat and had again that sense of oh I just I want to be with you Jesus and it's it's those moments and especially as well I'm going to pick two I'm really sorry um but <laughs> but at the end of John's gospel when um Jesus meets Peter again and you you've seen Peter's story and you've seen the what the kind of like the ups and downs and the highs and lows and you, he just sees Jesus and he gets out of the boat and runs towards him and he splashes through the water in such an extravagant manner and just he's desperate to see his friend again and I think the resurrection means that a lot for me those stories of just people desperate to hang out with jesus mm, mm. that's great what about you dave um the, the yeah you you've come up with better stuff than me that that's <laughs> annoying but <laughs> is there less good stuff in the easter story <laughs> no what i mean is you 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 took about your um so i i i was up early this morning and i was able to just look at all of the gospel accounts. I mean, that doesn't take particularly long, um, certainly in in Mark, which is hilariously kind of short. Hey, they went, Jesus had risen, bosh, end of the book. And there's a short ending and then there's a longer ending, depending on uh, which manuscript that they're, they're going to include. But the bit that struck me today, and I was um, quite surprised about really was this a very a bit that I probably have barely noticed before really which is um, and I think all of the gospels include that the this point that all that the women who go to the tomb one of the questions that they have as they go uh, certainly Mark's gospel stresses this is that as they go they're saying to each other how are we going to get the stone out of the way and then and the other gospels pick up on that as well that say uh, they arrived and the stone was out of the way or they arrived and um, there was you know the angels there so it, the bit that struck me was this that even after Jesus is dead and all hope seems lost these women still put faith you know into practice surely they're the conversation when they're at home going hey we should go down and anoint the body but there's a massive stone in the way they knew you know so they knew the circumstances beforehand but they still went anyway and that just really kind of struck me because i think when you think about good friday and, and all of that that means to us and all of that despair and all of that lack of um, belief if we're being honest sometimes and what you do with your kind of this is over and, and i had so much more hope that this would work out better um early on the sunday morning 
you know, the people who show the most faith are these women who are going to go and do something where there's a huge boulder in the way of what they want to try and achieve, but they go anyway. And I kind of think that's a metaphor for my life, really. Just so often I feel like there are boulders in the way of my understanding and my um, gap between what I really believe and what I have to say that I believe and all of those kind of things and that that whole thing but you, you're still asked to get up and to pray to this God who sometimes feels like he's silent in heaven and to encourage others even though you don't feel encouraged yourself and to these small acts of faith that we have to do all of the time and um, the kind of bolder moving kind of moments where you do it anyway and then you look back and you go oh yeah God was was in that God was already working God was doing his thing so I I've always had an admiration for the for the women who, who who just have this beautiful part in the story don't they they discover it then they go and tell other people although Mark's gospel says that they don't say anything because they're frightened um, but even that sort of has a bit of the dichotomy in it doesn't it because I think it's in Matthew isn't it where he says they were frightened but they were also full of joy and it was the kind of joy that that wins and and so I think Matthew does a good job of showing that there is there is a lack of faith and there is faith you know there is fear and there is joy and in the midst these women act and that's the the most imp important thing so that's what um, struck me a little bit the other question, and maybe the bigger question, and the, and the question that it would be great to hear people's uh, feedback from across the church community is, what does the Easter story mean to us today in 2020, in lockdown, in crisis, where there are terrible things happening? Goodness knows what the death count will be today. We live in this, I don't know whether you guys do it or not but you know i'm waiting each evening to hear this figure of of death and and it going up and and people saying ridiculous things like oh well it's you know it's peaking now oh, that's good news how can it possibly be good news in in any way we've just heard that a thousand people or more have died and that's a thousand families impacted in friendships and um and very real horrible suffering uh yet here we are on easter sunday talking about this resurrection thing so i wonder if either of you've got any thoughts about how it might impact us uh today i think i went first last time so maybe Kath oh, should go first oh good time. move <laughs> um oh yeah there are lots of thoughts that swirl around my mind um i think the the big thing for me about the resurrection is that it means there is hope in the midst of of this that it's it's so hard to live in a world where you think it's it's random and out of control and there's no there's no meaning um and um i i oh, i'm old-fashioned and i always go back to um, the end of one corinthians and where paul says um something along the lines of if there isn't a resurrection then life is, is in vain um you might as well eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die and um for me that's the kind of that's the the bottom the bottom line really of saying actually there is a resurrection and therefore i don't just live in my own little bubble i don't just eat drink and be merry for tomorrow i die um there's life beyond the grave which um yeah there's huge <laughs> we could have like a five hour discussion about what we think about life beyond the grave but but jesus came up from the dead and so there is hope and there's meaning and there's a new world um whatever shape you think it looks like there's a new world to come and so there's more than this world but also there's meaning in this world so there's a point in me 
loving um, the people around me and, and praying for the um, the people who are suffering and he and supporting those who are in need. It's it, this life isn't in vain and it's it's worth doing those things. Yeah, that's great. I think um, for me, is that all right if I jump in, Sam? Because because um, <laughs> I can. Uh, th there was um, a phrase that that uh, or a, um, a somebody uh, spoke about Frederick Buechner, and he's he he's famously said, um, "The worst thing is never the last thing." And and I, and that sort of just came to me out of nowhere the other day, and it was like, "Oh yeah, I remember reading about that ages ago." And so I went and I found the original quote. Um, and I thought if ever there was um, a kind of quote for our times, it's, it's, held, it's held in there. And it's been a bit paraphrased, but I still think it's not a bad paraphrase that um, the worst thing is never the last thing. Um, that's what resurrection teaches us, the, the darkness of Good Friday, the, the horrific emptiness and loneliness of, of Easter Saturday um, was the worst thing. You know, the whole, it seems almost like the whole universe uh, sort of quivered at, the, at Christ's death, the, the, the darkness that comes, the, you know, the earthquake that, that came. The whole of creation knew that the worst thing seemed to have happened, um, but the worst thing wasn't the last thing. And um, I think that's what we need to be hearing in our current kind of crisis, really, that this feels like the worst thing, but it won't be the last thing. So this is this is the the, the quote from um, one of Frederick Buechner's Frederick Buechner's books. It says this: "The worst thing isn't the last thing about the world; it's the next to the last thing. The last thing is the best thing. It's the power from on high that comes down into the world, that wells up from the rock bottom worst of the world, like a hidden spring. Can you believe it? The last best thing." is the laughing deep in the hearts of the saints, sometimes our hearts even. Yes, you are terribly loved and forgiven. Yes, you are healed. All is well. Um, and uh, oh, I just <laughs> found that so helpful. Um, yeah. Sam, what do you think resurrection means for us today? Yeah, I think, I wonder if maybe I kind of come at that even from the other side. I think where we're at today makes me need, or feel my need for the resurrection mm. even more. And I was kind of thinking earlier, I was like, oh, there's all that, what I was saying earlier about, you know, not thinking so much about evidence and kind of the, you know, is it factual? Is it like, and I kind of don't think about that so much anymore. Does that mean that I don't mind about that? Does that mean that, if someone came to me and said, oh, Sam, it, the story is figurative. Jesus didn't rise from the dead as in bodily form. I was like, oh, man, what would that mean to me? And I think it would, I mean, it would completely gut me. Like, if, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, mm. I would feel completely hopeless. I think kind of, uh, then I was also thinking about um, the passage Kath mentioned from Corinthians, where Paul's like, God, if this isn't a thing, mm. we're we're done for and so I think it the season that we're in really we should feel this all the time but it takes things like this sometimes doesn't it to bring it like to the fore um my gosh we 
to some degree, I feel like I need this to be true. I don't know if that's like a weak thing to say, or it makes my faith kind of a little weirder because I'm I kind of leaning into faith because I've got no other option. But I think partly I'm leaning into this faith because I've got no other option because I need to believe that God isn't done with us, that God isn't done with humanity, that God isn't done with me and that there's hope that like, yeah, that there is life, that there is, that Jesus rose from the dead and that he will raise everything um, into new life. Yeah. And without that resurrection, then the worst thing is the last thing, isn't it? Death. Yeah. Suffering, pain. That's the last word. And, and the beauty of resurrection is that there is a word after that, isn't there? And, and that word's eternal and ongoing and profound. And there's a small child. We've got our moment. <laughs> hey, Ethan. Okay. Thanks, guys, so much. I'm just um, going to uh, finish here.